This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning, folks. Hope you had a great weekend. Well, the teams are set for the Super Bowl. I don't know about you, but I had fun watching uh, the games yesterday. I thought they were uh, very competitive, a lot of fun uh, to watch, uh, very physical. Uh, congratulations to the two winning teams, the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. They'll be playing in Las Vegas. we got a great show lined up for you today. Guy Williams, president of Gulf Coast Bank and Trust, joins us. We're going to talk about this Biden decision relative to halting LNG exports and having a study uh, for almost a year. Our allies overseas, they're nervous. The Biden administration is promising uh, that they will provide enough LNG uh, for their needs. So I'm not exactly sure what's happening here. Uh, it seems as though we are playing politics. We're speaking with a forked ton. We'll talk about layoffs, uh, miss, missing promotions for remote workers, and a bunch of other different issues. And the Fed's meet, meeting this week as well. In the 11 o'clock hour, we'll visit with Raphael Goinecci, President, Metropolitan Crime Commission. Uh, the New Orleans uh, Committee uh, released their report. We'll talk about that. We'll dig deep into the jail population, which I think is going to be problematic for us in 2024. We have reached capacity. The more arrests we make, uh, the bigger the problem becomes. And unless we get the throughput through the court system, through the district attorney's office, through screening, accepting these cases, prosecuting them, doing whatever is necessary to move the needle there, we will lose the potential impact that we could have by having increased numbers, by having the presence of the Louisiana State Police, by deploying different strategies. All of these things need to work hand in glove with one another. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk briefly about the prosecutorial legacy of Harry Connick and what he uh, meant to the city of New Orleans under his leadership as the DA in the city for a long, long time. If you did not know, he he passed just recently, a couple of days ago, and uh, he served uh, this community a long, long time, did a hell of a job. Um, I had interactions with him a number of times throughout my career and dealing with collection of data, court processes, served on committees uh, with them, really understood the interaction of a lot of different pieces and parts of the criminal justice system. And a lot of folks that came up through the Harry Connick system 
uh, obviously were big impact players in uh, the criminal justice system back in the 70s and 80s as well. Uh, thoughts and prayers go to um, Mr. Harry Connick's uh, family and friends. I want to start off this hour. We, you know, we, there's been a lot of talk because obviously we're in election year. And we're trying to politicize a bunch of different issues. You've heard me talk about immigration a lot. And there's a bill that's kind of taking form. Hasn't The details have not been totally released um, as of yet that there's this uh, tug of war going on over who wants to pass it. You know, candidate Trump has made some uh what I think are stupid comments saying he doesn't want anything to pass because it's an important issue to his reelection and therefore everyone should be paying attention to him and not the problem that's going on at the border, which is kind of, in my view, more the same and why I think he's going to have a difficult time getting independence when it comes time when they walk into the voting booth to pull the lever for him. That's always been the challenge because He's not strategic in what he's saying. He doesn't have a full understanding politically of what he's uh, trying to accomplish because it's not about Republicans voting for him. It's about other people voting for him because there aren't enough Republicans to bring him uh, to to the motherland. He needs to have others that are there. But there's there's been one thing that's been released about what's in this bill, which is really problematic. And, and the kind of telegraphs where the Biden administration is on where they are relative uh, to immigration, that they're going to talk a good game, but they're really not willing to do much about it. And the president's referring to having a new emergency authority. This has been reported in a number of national publications to shut down the border when it becomes overwhelmed. And if given that authority, he says he would use it in the first day that he signs the that the bill is signed, and and rightfully so. He should use it because in the month of December of 2023, the highest number of encounters with illegals 371,036. Just a year ago, under the Biden administration, it was 302,000. The year before that. 205,000. The last year of Trump, 92,746. So yeah, he should utilize it the first day because the fiscal year, federal fiscal year starts in October of 2020, the 2024 fiscal year. October, 309,000. November, 308,000. December, 371,000. No doubt. But this is when he would be given the authority. The deal is, is that this authority, he would be compelled for him to use it, kind of like you remember the Title 42 that went on that was utilized by Trump. The authority to stop the illegal immigrants after average daily crossings reach 5,000 over a period of seven days or uh, 85 or 8,500 in a day. So 5,000 a day on the low end, or 8,500 in a day without the seven-day running average. Most of the time, over the past several years, during this administration, 
we never reached 5,000 a day. 5,000 a day is 1.825 million illegal immigrants. Now, why would you set, why, why would you beg for authority that you cannot utilize until you get to a minimum number of 5,000 a day? Is that an indication to you that they really want to do something about this situation? That they really want to get their hands wet during this election year and get in there and manage and massage this problem? Of course, we won't even call it a crisis. It's not a crisis yet until he's not reelected. Then it's going to be a crisis. And then we'll look back and everybody will say, well, we probably underestimated the crisis at the border. How crazy is this? Do they think we're not watching? Do they think we're not listening? Do they think that we're not clued in? The one that's not reading the room is him. Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson under the Obama administration said that when we reach a thousand crossings a day, we overwhelm the system. Not my words, his. How is this change? Is the system larger today where we can deal with 5,000? No, it's not. In fact, it's a lot smaller. The human capital numbers that we have today are less than they were then. And we continue to have these problems. I'm not sure what this administration is doing, but they simply just have to do one thing. Read the room, plain and simple. So, for example, just go listen to some of the public employees in Chicago. In Chicago, they're talking about, you know, what is going on here. And um, there's a, um, a government employee there, Kata Truss. She was on Fox News the other night, and she said the following. Democratic Party, we are watching you. We are disappointed. We are angry, we are offended, and we feel like we are being mistreated, misused, and disrespected. We will not continue to be disrespected by the Democratic Party. As I said yesterday, I'll say today and tomorrow, if you are an independent candidate, Green Party candidate, Republican candidate, now is your time in this city. She goes on to say, if you believe that you're going to get away with blaming this on Republicans or others, you're sadly mistaken. It's not going to happen. She says, if you're not willing to sit down with us, if you're not willing to talk to us, why should we continue to support you? A lot of us are jumping ship. They are completely frustrated because when they reach out to Democratic officials in Chicago, who they, who these folks claim are taking infrastructure from them, community centers, schools, gyms, playgrounds, and other things in order to house illegal migrants, taking monies that there's not enough to deal with a lot of the issues that they're dealing with. Remember, you've heard me talk about citizen privilege. That is starting to to hit a lot of folks. They also they want to give up on the sanctuary city moniker. They want that to go away. They don't want any part of a sanctuary city. They feel like they're being abused. They feel like that we're rewarding individuals 
that are crossing the border into this country illegally, and it's working to their detriment. And they ask the question, why? They attempt to meet with government officials. And government officials there refused to have that discussion with them. So it's interesting to see where this is going. And by just simply telling the Biden administration, when you put these thresholds like this before you're able to do anything, you're sending a mixed message. Read the room. The stalwarts of your own party are attacking you each and every day as to where you are going to be on this issue. Now, if that's one of the few things that has come out about this bill, I can't wait to see what other things that they desire in this bill. I'm sure there's going to be a huge amnesty umbrella. And it's going to be interesting to see how that works. That's like uh, finding several million people involved in Medicaid fraud and saying that we're willing to tighten up the Medicaid fraud provisions within a congressional bill within within the law only if you give amnesty to all of those that have violated thus far they can't be subject to criminal prosecution administrative prosecution and they can't suffer a declination of benefits because of their conduct makes perfect sense in fact, why aren't we not taking the same position as it relates to all violations of norms, conduct, laws, ordinances in this country? We can simply rehabilitate all these people by waving that magic wand and making accountability go away. And that they would suffer nothing as a result of their own conduct as a result of their own decision-making or lack thereof, in opposition to their own intentionality. And in the end, we'll all be better served if we approach this this way. That, that's going to be the next provision that leaks out is going to be this amnesty umbrella. And a yellow brick road to citizenship. In an expedited fashion, in order to accomplish what they've always wanted to accomplish, get this over with and done with, get the numbers done and everything else. And I've said over and over again, we should move that carrot further away as a constant reminder, not only to those families, but to the families that they're bringing in that, that are related to them, this familial migration, that when you engage in this type of conduct, you are not going to be rewarded. In fact, you will be moved further back in the line so that there's a benefit and an incentive for doing it the right way. It's amazing how many other things in life the system is set up that way, and it seems to work. And it seems to work when there's accountability measures in place where people realize there's too much at risk for me to circumvent the right thing. 
would love to hear from you. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. We will be right back, folks. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Getting a lot of texts, and it's evident to me that on many fronts, people are missing the point. This isn't really about Joe Biden or Donald Trump. In the end, this is about your pain threshold. This is about what you're willing to accept. This is about whether or not individually we get up off our duff and we articulate to the members of Congress of what it is that we desire this to look like. This is basically just talking about the outcomes, not the why. Congress is is the group of folks that can change this Congress is a group of folks that can hold the administration and others responsible for the implementation and the execution of these laws. One of the only reasons we get caught up in this dialogue about what the executive department is willing to do or not do is when they begin to circumvent the law and not enforce the law because they don't like the potential downstream implications and outcomes of the law. And in this case, obviously, Trump utilized the law to his benefit in dealing with the issues at the border. And the contrary is true when it comes to Biden. If he just simply would enforce the law which allows a whole lot of things to be done and make it happen, we wouldn't be at the record numbers that we are because the message would be loud and clear that we're going to enforce the laws on the books. This is all about misdirection. This is all about political posturing. This is all about deflection, evading the ultimate issue. And then we counterattack each other. Democrats on Republicans, Republicans on Democrats. But in the end, you're the one that's paying the ticket. Not them. 
you, me, and everyone else. The question is whether or not, deep down, when you look at it in a vacuum, as to whether or not you believe that this is in the best interests of the country. Not the notion of immigration, because no one argues that. The notion of whether or not we are going to reward people for manipulating the system, manipulating the process, running contrary to the articulation of Congress as they pass these laws. Now, if you are okay with all of that, then, but you're not okay when they are actually physically taking your property, maybe um, causing harm to you or your family members, um, getting in an accident, no one has auto insurance and everything else, and you're demanding that something be done in those instances, then you are a hypocrite. You cannot have it both ways. You can't look the other way in one instance and have it when it you know when it's you that's being impacted all of a sudden that you want something done. That's the issue is your pain threshold. And that's what and that's why I went to the uh, black Chicago residents that are like wait a minute You're not meeting any of the needs that we have and the programs that are set up by city ordinance or statute. You're not funding it. You're you're actually taking facilities and benefits that we enjoyed just a little while ago in order to provide a situation with those who have manipulated the system. We don't like that. They reach their pain threshold. And that's why Democrats in sanctuary cities are saying, no, 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 no. This is not working for us. It's not working for my children. It's not working for me. It's not working for our parents. You need to figure out something else to do because we are not willing to give up our schools, give up our gyms, give up our parks, give up so many of the things that we have grown accustomed to and enjoy about the feel and the culture of our community for this purpose. Enforce the law. This isn't about Trump. This isn't about Biden at the end of the day. This is about what we want in and around our community that we fought so hard for, paid a lot of taxes for as well, entitled to the use, and as I refer to it as citizen privilege. When do we get it? When do we, how does it work? Why are we the first ones to have to give it up? Why are we making that sacrifice? Did anybody ask us whether or not we wanted to make that sacrifice? Did Joe Biden ask you? Did Joe Biden say, hey, if we we drop several hundred thousands of illegals in your cities and they're going to consume A, B, C, D, and E, and you're not going to have access to it anymore, are you willing to have that happen? You tell me what the answer would be. You know what the answer would be. The answer would be a resounding no. But if we approached it that way, then we wouldn't have to worry about all the name calling, you know, that you're a xenophobia, that you're a racist, that you're this, that you're that. It's like, no, I, it's not a sacrifice I'm willing to make at this point in time. Do you want to pay more taxes to fund all of this? 
because the system is set actuarially on where we are right now as it relates to numbers based on historic utilization of social services. Then when you have these types of numbers in the millions that are disrupting that, go ask any actuary, how does this work? Will this have a negative impact on the funding and financing of these programs? You know the answer. It's obvious. Don't stare the obvious in the face and walk around it. As I read these texts, what I find is that people are trying to make, they're accusing Republicans, Democrats, members of Congress of making this political. So are they. It's about you. Is this what you desire? Let's go to Dave. Dave, you're up. Welcome to the show. Hey, Newell. Good morning. Great topic. Great conversation. Um, so, so I have a couple of questions for you on this immigration thing, and it's a it's a twofold question, but they almost mean the same thing. In your opinion, and you're a legal scholar, you're an attorney. What is the definition of an invasion, sir? Okay. And, uh, well, you, you know, I mean, that's a term. I'll ask the second question because it relates to the first. What constitutes an, eva- an invasion? What's the definition and what constitutes one? Well, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I, I hesitate exactly. because because the yeah. the term the normal context and the meaning of invasion and i always like to go um you know uh to the term but we always kind of think of it and it's always kind of defined as one country invading another usually having to deal with an armed conflict or something like that um you know, okay, uh, okay, as okay. opposed to as opposed to maybe an incursion, right? You know, where you have a large group of people trying to overtake something for any number of reasons, whether it's political ideology, this, that, or otherwise. But I think so, so, I think so, you know yeah. the common sense approach is when you have a group of people that are systematically trying to avoid the laws of this country, the laws of a state, or otherwise. I think it's fair to characterize that as an invasion. Uh, When we look at what's going on uh, with the cartels and everyone else and actually some of the NGOs actually helping people and and advising and educating people on how to beat the U.S. system, right? And and and, And the outcome is millions of people in a short period of time doing that. I, I think it's probably fair to characterize that as an incursion, an invasion, something extraordinarily out of the norm, right? It's not something that we typically deal with um, in this country. So so you, you touched on a very interesting point. You said it sounds more like an, or, or it could be considered an incursion where there's not that well, much. But the, now get to, well, but the... I think one's a synonym to the other, right? I mean, they're very similar. I mean, I, that's okay. why I kind of, I kind of hesitated because the traditional notion that people have about you know uh, this invasion thing and the word that's used in 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 the U.S. Constitution, um, 
you know, I, I think at the right. time might might be a little a little different, but um, you know, it it wasn't a situation that that we had the complexities of an economy. We had the complexities of the laws that we have, the interaction and the intricacies of the laws that we have today. Um, you know, so well, okay. I mean, I mean, I'll give, I'll give you that on on the invasion. That normally, normally, and I'll agree to that. That normally it it assumes or it assimilates that there's some type of weaponry or arms or or, or something the detriment of the United States is involved. So I'll, I'll analogize it this way and make it as simple as possible to answer the question. Two years ago, almost two years ago, Russia invaded. Ukraine with over 200,000 troops brought in AKs and weaponry and large rockets, etc. In the last three years, we've had close to, if not over, 8 million people invade this country with I don't know how many tons of fentanyl that kill people in this country. So now, if you want to define weaponry, define weaponry. Is it large rockets? Is it missiles? Is it tanks? Or is it people killing drugs at 100,000 a year? Look, I, I don't disagree. I'm with you on this side. When you ask the question, I'm just trying, you know, to put it in the context of what both sides are thinking about this issue. I don't have any problem with calling what we are experiencing an invasion. Okay. I mean, and I, I think, think it's altering it's, our it's, way of it's altering our way of life. It's altering the way that we finance government. It's altering the way that we we treat the citizens of the United States. The implications to the citizenry of the United States has has um, has worsened. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I see a lot of the negative downside to this. That's why you have a system set up in the first place to have an ordered and structured methodology to admit people into the country. As you know, they're line breakers at every activity known to man. There's some people that just can't play by the rules. Historically in this country, we held those people accountable and we punished them. But in this case, it seems as though we're having a very difficult time for doing that because the carrot, the place that we call home, the United States of America, the same people that say that this is not a great place to live are the ones defending these individuals saying that they want to come here because they want a better life. And I look at them and say, well, I thought we weren't that great. I thought you've been saying that this is not that great of a place. But when it comes to this issue, we speak with forked tongue. We know why they want to come here, because it is the greatest country in the world. And there's nobody even close. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Well, on a text line, it says, we're not the greatest country in the world. Not even close. I hate when Americans say that. We don't lead in any positive metric or category. Um, let me piece this together because it got split up on the screen. Uh, that may be it. Any positive category. So... You know, it, it it's not just about the rankings of this, that, or otherwise. A lot of it has to do with not only the tangibles, but the intangibles, right? Freedom, our freedom of association, our freedom to travel around the country in an unrestricted way, our freedom to earn a living, our freedom to attend schools, to uh, do what we want to do in life. In some countries some very forward-leaning countries, and if you do the research, you'll find that uh, when you go to higher ed or something else, that unless you have a high proclivity to succeed in that walk of life, um, you're allowed in. But if you don't, you're not. You're not allowed to go try. You're not allowed to do those things because they protect that valuable seat at that institution and resource, and uh, there, you, you find us in, in a lot of different countries. So there's a lot of things on the tangible, intangible list that you, you need to compare and contrast. And I think in the end it's fair to say that you have more control of your life here in this country than almost any other country in the world, probably any other country in the world. And I can say that without reservation. So it's just not simply looking at the outcomes and where we are. Are they abysmal? I agree with you. In many fronts, they are abysmal. We have no one to blame but ourselves, though. The infrastructure, the process, the opportunity is all there. Right? It's what we do with it. You know, the, the, very, the interesting thing is, is that you find students that excel out of almost every educational institution in this country. Why? You get out of it what you put into it. In the end, some are more disciplined than others. Some folks meet a more restrictive and strict atmosphere in order to succeed. But that doesn't mean that we're not a great country, because we are. Because we have the freedom of choice for almost everything in fact when you think about it right now one one of the most contested issues is about a freedom of choice here 
and we don't typically have these contested issues on this on this front because why because we we have such a broad freedom of choice on anything that we want to do in our life for the most part except for example like you know take other people's properties take their lives things of that nature and we don't have to worry about government intrusion for the most part i'm sure i like you don't like the fact that you know so much of your paycheck is paid in income taxes wonder whether or not the federal government has to be as big as it is wonder if the state government needs needs to be as big as it is let's go to dale and Kenner. dale you're on thank thank you for calling yeah yeah no uh, thank you for the opportunity first of all you know i'm an immigrant my parents waited seven years to come here from cuba and uh, i just hate it when people come to this country from all over and start back in the country after enjoying all the freedoms all the benefits and everything this country has to give them you know, they're just ungrateful uh, for anybody that comes to this country and that's enjoying all of the benefits. And because here, if you come and you work and whatever you are, you don't even have to have a college degree. You have a trade, you can make it. Many people have done it. But a lot of people here come to this country and they don't want to assimilate. They still think, you know, yeah, I'm happy that I was born in where I was born. But the United States is my country. This is, you know, my, what I owe my uh, allegiance to. And I just hate it when, you know, people just bash this this country. It just, I mean, it's like a, a Cuban singer said, people, if you don't like it here, go back where you came from and see what happens. So, Dale, let me ask you something. Did you ever feel the pressure, you know, that in this country for folks to say not to be proud of your heritage? Never, never. I mean, I enjoy it. All my friends know where I come from, but they know, first of all, I'm an American. I love this country, and I would do anything for it because it took me in. It took my family in. It gave my family the opportunity. The same did, and the same did it to a lot of my friends that came about the same time that I came. And I had never, ever encountered anybody. And uh, and I just, you know, never had that, faced that that. Uh, that situation you know i feel the same way i'm proud of having grown up in the hispanic culture um french court culture as well my dad a french-speaking acadian um never never felt any pressure to say otherwise in fact i brag about it but i but i still consider myself an american and i'm i'm a u.s citizen and very proud of it as well and i think sometimes we lose sight of that dale thank you so much for calling appreciate the call have a great week all right, we'll be right back. Stay with us, folks. Folks, when we come back after the top of the news break, we will visit with Rafael Goyaneci, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. We'll dig deep into the Orleans Parish Sheriff's Office jail inmate population and how that impacts what's going on in the streets. We'll also touch on the prosecutorial legacy of Harry Connick, and we'll look at the MCC's most recent crime trends report. So stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Newell 
on WWL. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.